It all began when two Berkeley students learned they can grow mushrooms on coffee grounds. With no knowledge of food or agriculture, they decided to forego the corporate world to become full-time mushroom farmers. But they didn't stop there. They then set off on a mission to reconnect people back to where their food comes from, or as they like to call it, to undo food. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Bierenbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change Magazine. On today's episode, we speak with the co-founder of Back to the Roots, Nikhil Aurora, about the importance of transparency in the food system and how his business has evolved from organic mushroom kits to a full line of ready-to-grow and ready-to-eat products that are quickly transforming grocery aisles, classrooms, and our relationship with food. Yeah, we had no had no no background in food or agriculture, but both were uh, sitting in this business ethics class and came across this random fact that you could grow mushrooms on coffee grounds, and it just uh, that's how Alex and I actually both met was through that one fact. And uh, you know, over the course of a few months, it went from you know thinking we were going into the corporate world of investment banking and consulting and Ended up graduating and saying, you know what, forget it, full-time urban mushroom farming it is. And that was kind of the <laughs> start to this whole this whole wild journey we've been on since. Crazy journey from there, from that from that one class. So you said it was a business ethics class? Yep. Exactly. Okay. And the professor was talking about sustainability and just mentioning a bunch of different ideas. And uh, something about this just you know, struck the both of us. And that was the start of it. That's hilarious. I love that. Um, and so I, I, at the beginning, from what I also understand, you you sort of just approached Whole Foods and you had this this mushroom uh, that is very innovatively grown and, and you approached them with the idea of of, of selling it, right? Um, and then it, it, it became, it mushroomed into something quite different, mm-hmm. didn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm I... I'm sure I, I'm not the only one to use that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think... What uh, happened there? You know, what, what started off as, as us, uh, diving into growing our own food, you know, setting up our own little turn to or turn to warehouse here in Oakland into a an urban mushroom farm, and, and literally, you know, day in and day out, we're just growing fresh produce and started off selling it to Whole Foods. But you know, along the way of us setting up this this urban farm and, and growing you know bulk wholesale produce um, that we were selling it to grocery stores and farmers markets and restaurants, I think we really it really sparked us through a ton of really just community. Uh, feedback of people around that we were meeting at demos and farmers markets asking us like, Hey, that's kind of cool, but can we actually, you know, grow that at home too? And can we take one of these bags you're, you're using to grow it in your warehouse and grow it at home? And just the more and more we kind of started getting deeper into food, realized this was so much bigger than, you know, mushrooms on coffee grounds. It was really all about, you know, connecting families and especially kids back to where their food comes from and making it really easy and fun to do that. And, and, and that, that's really kind of what what's become uh, the mission and mantra back to the roots. We talk a lot about this idea to undo food, which to us is really just kind of reconnecting people back to back to where it comes from, and and try to approach food with this lens of like not uh, not not saying what's right or wrong, what's good or bad. It's like let's just start first about you know inspiring curiosity again about food. Like that's the biggest step, and whether. That's getting people to, to grow their own food at home, whether it's mushroom kit or an aquaponic system, or kind of just asking when they buy food at the grocery store and asking, hey, 
you know, what are all these ingredients and where do they come from? We kind of love that challenge of trying to inspire curiosity. That's amazing. And also this, when you started out and even more so now, I would imagine people are much more caught up in this whole element of really wanting to know what's in their food, right? The, a certain level of transparency, everyone is asking for it. Um, so you really tapped into that sort of zeitgeist of the moment. I can, I can see, is that correct? Yeah. The, oh, the, uh, the growth in this, I mean, the space and, and consumer interest, it, it's been awesome. And, and I don't think we, we didn't know what we were, uh, what we were getting ourselves into you know we were just going much the ground, but i think uh the more we uh the more we've grown it's just been it's been so awesome to see and in some way it kind of makes sense right because the pendulum uh, it, we talked about it, like swung to this one extreme where you know you go into schools you ask so many people like where does that apple come from where does that piece of fruit come from and, and it's it's the truck right or it's the store it's not yeah. you know yeah. a farmer and, and this is the tree it's what it looks like and um and in some way i think that pendulum's got to come back and that's what we're seeing right now is that you know people want to know where their food comes from for whatever reason that may be health sustainability uh you know, a bunch of different reasons all those things yeah and so you you touched upon another product. So so I just wanted to get a sense of your line of products at the moment. Um, so starting in two thousand and nine, you started with the mushrooms. Now we're two thousand seventeen. What type of products do you have now uh, that people can purchase? Where did it evolve? How did you scale it up? Is is part of my question. Yeah, you know, we have a whole line now of ready to grow products. So it's, it started off as a little mushroom mini farm to get you know people growing their own organic mushrooms at home. Has now created yeah. its full line, which includes like a home aquaponics system called the Water Garden, gardens in a can, these self-watering tomato and pepper planters, and um, and and that was like the kind of the, one of the lines of the company now is this whole ready-to-grow line. And at the same time, though, we've kind of also expanded into the grocery aisles of the ready-to-eat line. And the first category there is breakfast cereals, and uh, it's the first like 100% stone ground, single origin, it's all farmer-sourced ingredients. And we were just like, hey, can we bring the same uh, idea of, of undoing food and connecting families back to where it comes from and, you know, help people, whether they're growing their own food or if they're, you know, buying it from us ready to eat, you should have that same level of like mm -hmm. trust and transparency. And so we love this, this idea of like connecting the dots between growing and eating and, and really just hopefully, you know, taking our consumers and, and our, and the families, uh, who, you know, we're, we're touching to, to go on this experience about, you know, this adventure really of learning where their food comes from. And I noticed, well, I found this very interesting. The um, you mentioned the cereal that it's uh, that's re that's ready made, right? So that's they don't have to grow that on their own. They actually buy that, right? So that's done. Um, but it's the the interesting thing. It's not a regular cereal box. It's like in the shape of a of a milk carton, right? Is are you, what what are you trying to say with that? The way you've oh, uh, yeah. packaged it. It was it was a really fun kind of exercise in how we got there, and you know, started off as we looked at cereal for us. It was you know here's. Uh, a, you know, over 100-year-old category, $10 billion um, yeah. category, massive, massive, been forever. And and we're like, it's just from, you know, from the packaging standpoint, just from the graphics, we're like, you know, you have either these really bright yellow and green, you know, tricks, kind of like colorful boxes that are just saying, hey, this is just for kids, or you have these really brown, natural, kind of organic ones as, as adult cereals. And so the first thing is like, how do we create a brand it's like universal to everybody, and we kind of love this challenge of the building the Pixar food, where it's you know an eight-year-old or a thirty-eight-year-old. Like you know, food should, there shouldn't be kids in adult food. Like food is food. Like good food is good food. And so we love that challenge right. from like the graphic standpoint. And then on the ingredients, we're like you know it's a big challenge. It's, you know, it's actually cereal started off as a health food. The Kellogg's brothers 
you know, they started off as like in the hospitals, a way to get whole grains. They were just, you know, mashing whole corn kernels. And yet you fast forward a hundred yeah. years, it's turned into this candy category with like the most refined sugary cereals. And so like I have graphics ingredients, but then it came to packaging too. Like how do we innovate and improve that? Cause it's kind of crazy for, you know, hundred year old, $10 billion category still had the same, you know, non-recyclable, hard to open, hard to pour bag in the box. Yeah. And we just kind of started asking ourselves like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. And, and that kind of led us to a whole range of explorations and, and, Eventually, we found you know we could pack it in this carton, and what's really fun is about 25% less material, you know, than a traditional bag in the box. It's recyclable. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's recyclable, uh-huh. and you know, for on, on store shelves, we get two facings for every one traditional cereal box, so we get some more brand blocking. And, uh, it just ended up being a really fun, you know, fun solution that yeah, is easier for consumers and and better for the environment. So it's kind of a win-win. That's great. That's great. I noticed that immediately. Um, and also, in terms of uh, your growth over the number of years, how many uh, retailers are you in right now? I know you started at Whole Foods, but you've gone in so many different directions. You've brought some stuff into Home Depot and to Nordstrom Target. I have all those written down. Are, are you still in all those? Are you still growing? Yeah, we are. We're, we're in um, you know, th- thousands of stores now. For, you know, our biggest partners are definitely Whole Foods and Sprouts and Kroger and the grocery side and, and the Home Depot. Uh, in the lawn and garden side, but it's also been really fun is just the, the work with schools. So um, we partnered up with Sodexo, yeah. which is the largest food service uh, provider, and through them we're able to reach about 2,000 schools now, like web curriculum uh, and their ready-to-grow products, which has been really fun to get kids you know, growing in the classroom. And then actually just, just, just this year, just pretty recently, we announced a pretty fun partnership, and I think actually one of the most inspiring moments for our whole company and our whole team was um, we actually got the contract for in, New- in the New York City public school system, which is the largest school district with 1.1 million kids, um, and replaced yeah. uh, the Kellogg cereals off a of blind taste test from the kids uh, in New York City. So you have kids, you know, from from Brooklyn to the Bronx to Queens to Manhattan, uh, you know, eating organic purple cornflakes. It's actually the first organic breakfast cereal offered in public schools in the United States, and. Um, it's been a really wow. exciting kind of the moment the last uh, the last couple of months seeing that grow and seeing the feedback from kids. So just in, in schools, like seeing you know being able to provide kids products to grow and learn from in the classroom, and then just have the same kind of you know food values articulated in what they're going to eat in the cafeteria is really fun. You know that connection between the classroom and, and the cafeteria. So that's been one of the most kind of fun fun growth growth you know places for us as a company in the last year. I was going to ask you about the schools, actually, and uh, the, the program that you just mentioned in New York, is that only in New York, or are you trying to expand that beyond New York as well? Yeah, we, we, we've launched in New York City, uh, and you know, there's, I guess there's an old uh, phrase, if it can work in New York, it can work anywhere, that's what we're hoping. Like, this, this is the <laughs> biggest school district, it's so, you know, it's, it's big, it's diverse, it's, 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 uh, it's just, we're, we're excited to take this case study, you know, kids are, are loving the cereals now, and so we're talking to, you know, I think over 13,000 school districts. I mean, we just announced that New York wow. City one, um, actually a really fun piece uh, the New York Times did on it. And, and since then, it's got a lot of inbound from, you know, a bunch of different large school districts that we're actually talking to a lot right now and uh, excited to kind of see uh, where else we can take this as we go on to the next school year. That's very exciting. And is this still with the same partner, Sodexco? Are you with another partner uh, with the New York? New York initiative? City is, is is so big. They they're their own. They can they buy they buy themselves. Oh, okay. so Sodexco kind of aggregates a lot of 
different school districts, uh, but New York City, you know, it's, it's kind of pretty wild. You think about it, you know, it's one small little nation, 1.1 million kids this, this group is feeding every single day. And, and um, so, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And are you, when you say that you're looking to expand, whenever you talk about expansion, you're looking sp all over the states. Is that your, your um, primary focus? Or are you looking beyond, uh, are, have you come into Canada, by the way? Uh, we partner with Loblaws. You're familiar with, oh, okay. uh, so we yeah. sell our mushroom kits uh, up there and actually just uh, talking about some other fun partnerships. But uh, Canada um, is definitely. Uh, I'm based there, by the way. That's, I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, well, what's yeah. Canada? Uh, Toronto. Toronto, okay. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, but yeah, so, so where... Canada is, you know, through there. But definitely, I mean, I think as a business and a small, small business, we got to focus and, and there's so many. Yes. I mean, there's so many school districts still. We haven't even scratched the surface of of our accounts yeah. and the families we can, we, you know, we need to reach here. So it's, it's a balance, but you know, I think when if we have a partner, um, that is a, clearly like a market demand for it and, and, um, and then B we have a partner that we can really kind of scale with efficiently. Uh, it kind of makes sense for yes. us, but definitely, you know, full focus is, uh, you know, we got a lot more families and kids to reach here. So we're, we're, we're doubling down on that. I get that. I get that. And, and you mentioned, partners and we we do we brought it up a couple of times um how important are partners to the success of of your business how what can you say about the importance and without them would you have achieved do you think um similar fashion uh yeah i, I love um that kind of question because i think this this whole company is it's this entire story i think is one of a partnership and, and i think it's even how it started off with the two of us, Alex and I, meeting and you know, not knowing each other, yeah. not never in the same classes for four years, and somehow never connecting just through this <laughs> random idea. And now it's you know it's beyond a business partnership. It's family. It's he's a brother, and and, and you know we're just yeah. we've been so close, and um, just kind of what started there. This idea of um, you know it's better to build things together, and, and that's been one of the you know greatest blessings in my life is that partnership. And I think just seeing that energy though kind of carry forward, like even. I look back at Whole Foods, how we started off, you know, we walked in literally a paint bucket of mushrooms into our Berkeley Whole Foods that, you know, if Randy the common that Nortel produce buyer wasn't, you know, just his, his, his excitement is what inspired us to quit our jobs and say, we're going to start this and, and that partnership and, and the city of Oakland, you know, we got redevelopment grants and, you know, we got work, workplace hiring credits. And this is just kind of that notion of, of I feel like in, in business and entrepreneurship, there's this, um, a false narrative of like it's the sole entrepreneur and and it's the mm. yeah, and and it's just I think it's the exact opposite this idea of like it takes a village you know to raise a child that that proverb it's so true for a business too and yeah uh, I think we absolutely would not be here without uh, kind of whether it's retail partners or a community um, a team so I don't know we just really believe in the idea of like always trying to find win-win opportunities. And I also think there's something to be said also, and I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, that to be in the right place at the right time, yeah. you, you happen to walk into Whole Foods, met the right guy who could, who had a, who, who, can't, who actually would seem to be as passionate as you, or, or at least as interested and intrigued, right? Yeah, but I, and, I'll say, with a caveat, because I, I know I think part of this yes. is talking to other people looking again in the space, like that's, that's, a short, that's a short piece of the story. The longer piece is, you know, the other seven grocery stores we walked into before that that didn't give us a light of the day and they're like you're two, ah. two crazy kids and 
in Berkeley trying to grow mushrooms in the fraternity kitchen. Like, what's the you know, this is, I'm not this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and there's no way this is, you know, we're too busy. Get out. And uh, so I think a huge part of it, it it's, yeah, it's, it's timing and, and it's absolutely like the right place at the right time and that good luck. But I think Alex and I speak for him too. We're both like so much in that, in the vein of like, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> Things that Henry Ford yes. quote, and yes. um, you know, you got to put yourself enough opportunities for for one of them to kind of be able to actually work out. So, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and also, in terms of investors, have there been a lot? Have you have you taken a lot of outside money? Where where do you? How did you uh, fund yourself? Yeah, we um, we bootstrapped a company for our first you know five years roughly. Um, and just uh, just about a year and a half ago now, we raised our first uh, first Series A, and and the big focus was really kind of doubling down on our you know our grow product and expanding that line, but then also you know expanding into the grocery category with our cereal. So um, that yeah. Series A, but but it's been really uh, a, you know I think again going back to that that notion of partnerships, it's something we feel uh, really grateful for because you know especially so many people in the industry. Um, our mentors and folks we look up to um, and have kind of built the space like John Forker, the CEO of Annie's, you know, Gary Hirschberg mm. from Stonyfield, like guys have really kind of built the foundation for the whole industry. And um, I think that's what we're, we're just really, you know, honored of guys like that as well, because it's, I think for us, it's not just that capital. It's like, you know, who's, who, what does that represent? What energy does that represent? You know, and that's been right. a big piece of it for us. And, um, actually, our first investor was this local Oakland nonprofit called Fun Good Jobs. It's awesome, and, and their whole mission is around, you know, it's it's uh, not just the capital return that's important, but like how many good jobs in your community you're creating is what like success is for them, and just kind of having that energy, I think, in the in the company um, has been really important to, to raise money. Yeah, you've got good people behind you. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> yeah, we're grateful and, and, and you know, also want to, uh, I think it also, for a whole team, it, it's something we, want, we also want to be really, you know, like, it, it drives us to do, do things the right way as well, because it's not just growth, it's like, hey, we want to do something that makes, you know, folks better enough, you want to make them proud as well, but do things the right way, so it's, uh, it was yeah. definitely, it was, it was a learning curve and a new point in our journey as we raised money, but um, end of the day, I think it's just, you know, we wanted to, we people have taken a chance and a bet on us. We just drive us that much more to make sure we, uh, you know, we, we do things right. And, and, um, that's going to obviously grow into brand and grow into business, but also just, uh, you know, operating in a way that make them proud because they've obviously put their, their names and brands behind, behind the vision now too. Yeah. Where do you see, um, yourselves in, uh, I don't know, what is what kind of plans do you give yourself five years two years <laughs> ten years what do you what do you do like, some people give themselves six months you know so i don't know yeah. what, what do you when you look ahead <laughs> at uh well, at, at this stage and growing a business sometimes every day can feel like a, a year vice versa so <laughs> it's tight it's like time is so relative uh but no it's um you know i think at, at the at the high level we just it's still it feels like in, in so many ways and, and you know, we've been at this for some years now, but um, you know, for Alex and I both, we feel like we're just scratching the surface with this brand and what we can do. And, you know, we'll talk a lot about yeah. internally, like, you know, what would, what would a craft foods look like? You know, if it was started today, you know, by millennials, with this focus, not just on, on shelf life and, um, you know, and, and scale, but also just like radical simplicity and transparency. And like, what would a food brand look like that was founded with those values? And, 
and and with a you know a, a goal not just of, of you know <laughs> um, just calories and, and gross profit, but really just connecting people back to its source and like embracing the just you know it's not the spirituality, but just like you know like the, the how personal food is, right? Like people are trusting mm-hmm. us to put something into their body and into their kids' body three times a day. Like that's so personal, and 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 we we, we don't yeah. take that for granted. And, and building a brand really you know understands that, and so. Many ways we did, you know, we think we're just getting started, and and I think what drives us is just trying to hopefully build something that lasts, that out, you know, that outlives us, and 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 that's what gets us excited. It's trying to, you know, create a brand with the purity and scale that can that can leave a mark in the food system, and uh, to do that, we think we're just getting started still. <laughs> um, and last question, as you have to run off, um, if you had to offer. Uh, a lesson learned one or, or whatever two whatever it is your top lesson learned as an entrepreneur specifically in this social entrepreneurial landscape uh, I l- love that I think like no, two things I think one just in terms of just the journey and maybe people who are looking to start on this journey um, I think another piece of, of false narrative and in, in entrepreneurship stories you hear is is, is this idea of, of protecting your idea and and this is you know my idea and i think just really uh, one thing we've learned is just how much this whole thing is about people and community is what makes a company successful really not your product or or and and the faster you get out there and start sharing with folks and 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 the biggest piece i think of success too is just personal happiness and like do you really care about this are you really passionate about it and you know go out there and decide just like set a goal. I'm gonna to talk to 100 people or 500 people over the course of the next month and share my vision. And if you're as excited about talking to that 500th person about what you're doing, uh, you're probably onto something. Because I think that 90% of the battle is just personally being motivated and passionate about it. Because you know, starting something takes every ounce of your, you know, your heart and your soul, yep. and and you have to really believe in it. And um, I would say that's the first question, the main question to ask. And, and you only do that by you know, starting to share your idea and see if, if you really are you're passionate about it. So I would just say, start talking to people, start getting out there and sharing your idea and, and you'll learn the most. Yeah. And, um, and then just that notion of happiness. I think it's, it's, it's under appreciated and under talked about, but I think that's one of the hardest questions, uh, to really sometimes answer. It's just like, what, what really is happiness, you know, out of what I'm doing. Right. And, and I think being really clear on that, like, is it, is it just short-term growth? Is it trying? Is you trying to build a business that long-term to like pass on something to your to future generations? That's a whole different happiness. Or is it, you know, impacting mm-hmm. thing on your local community? Or is it national? And just I think really honing in on like what's going to bring you happiness as, as an entrepreneur because um, just that that I think that clarity drives everything else. Once you have that that level of, you know, this is of satisfaction from day to day. Because once you have that, yeah, uh, everything else I feel flows. So. That's that's actually great advice, um, and uh, and something that uh, probably a lot more people should be listening to. So um, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so so much. I know you have to run. Thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the support and you reaching out and uh, excited to be able oh, to share this with your community as well. So yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elise Birnbaum.